Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. Today we are going to study together the book of Ezra, chapter 4. We just finished in chapter 3 reading about the uh, beginning of the reestablishment of the Second Temple. In chapter 1 we learned about how King Cyrus uh, gave permission for the Jews to come back from exile and re settled Judea for the purpose of rebuilding the temple. Um, we then learned, uh, that was in chapter 1, and then in chapter 3 we read about how they re-established uh, the Mizbeach, the altar, and began bringing the sacrifices again, which happened in the month of Tishrei in the first year of Cyrus's reign. And then in the second year, in the month of Er, which is in the springtime, they got everything ready to begin building the building. They got the uh, workers from Tyre and Sidon. They got materials that they shipped from Lebanon through the port of Jaffa and so on. And we read, learned of the tremendous amount of celebration and singing and happiness and also about the crying by those that remembered how beautiful the first temple was and crying over the loss of the first temple and how this was just a mere shadow of what had been lost originally. We then now pick up at the beginning of this building, in the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1, The tormentors, or the enemies of Judah and Benjamin, heard all of, they heard all this commotion. We just talked about the commotion. And they heard, that this was because those that had returned from exile <coughs> were now building the Hechel, were now building the temple, Adonai Yisrael, to God, the Lord of Israel. Now, these uh, who were these enemies of Judah and Benjamin? And this is very important that they're called here the enemies of Judah and Benjamin because that will explain why we, what we're going to read shortly, why Zerubbabel and Yeshua, the two leaders of the people at this time, did not want them, did not want their help. They knew that their intentions were not going to be good. These are their enemies. So they presented themselves and came to Zerubbabel and the heads of the families, and as often happens with enemies, they presented themselves as if they're friends and they said to them, Let's build with you. Because just like you, we also worship and, and search out your God. This phrase, your God, is a very important phrase because what this tells you is, is that these people, and I'll speak in a moment about who these people were, um, viewed, the uh, were not monotheists. They didn't understand what the temple to God is. They thought of God as one of the many different gods. There's this God, that God, your God, their God, the other guy's God. And th this God that you're building the temple for is your God. And we also, among many others, we also worshipped him. <laughs> we even brought him sacrifices. All this time that we've been living in this land and you guys have been gone because you were exiled. <laughs> From the days of Isar Hadan, who was the king of Assyria. So remember, Assyria preceded the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire was then conquered by the Persian Empire, who was now in power. <clears throat> and um, from the days of Isar Hadon, which was a, one of the kings that 
succeeded the king Sancheirev, who was the one who exiled the northern ten tribes and almost destroyed Jerusalem as well. And Sancheirev then brought many other people, and his descendants brought other people to settle the land, and they were the ones that have been living now in the land of Israel for quite some time, several hundred years. And these were the people that were inhabiting the land when the people came back to resettle Judea, when the Jews came back to resettle it. So from those days, Hamala Osonupo, because Isar Hadon, the king of Assyria, is the one who brought us here. So now we have an idea about who these enemies were. These were people that had been brought from other lands. And of course, they brought along with them a whole mixed mixture of cultures because they, these people came from all over the place and they resettled the land. But these were not Judeans. They did not understand the purpose of the temple. And they were obviously very upset that the Jews were now be rebuilding their Heichal. Now, in verse 3, we're going to read, let's, and, and actually let's read it now, So Zerubbabel and Yeshua, Zerubbabel being the political leader of the Jewish people at the time, Yeshua being Yehoshua the High priest, the Kohen Gadol, Ushara Sheavosli Israel, and the other heads of the families of Israel, to whom these people had presented themselves. It's not the job of us and you together to build a house for our God. Because us together, in other words, we, the Jewish people, together with only ourselves, Nivne, this, this word Yachad here, could also mean Yachad alone, only us, we will build the house for God, the Lord of Israel. Just as we were commanded by the king, Cyrus, the king of Persia. Remember, Cyrus specifically only told the Jews to go back and build the temple. He did not give permission for others to do it. So Zerubbabel, in addition to understanding that these were enemies and had ill intents, as we shall see very clearly as the this chapter and future chapters progress, um, they knew that these people had bad intents, but also they understood exactly what kinds of complaints these people were going to do. Koresh, Cyrus, specifically only gave the Jewish people permission to rebuild their temple. Once other nations are joining in, and once other nations it's different from the, the hired hands of Tyre and Sidon that were hired and being paid by the Jews. They're still being paid by the Jews, so it's still the Jews building it. But if others join in and help, it's going to look more and more like the Jews are reestablishing a empire which may at some point threaten the Persian Empire. If the Jews bring others under their wing, it starts to look like as if Zerubbabel is setting himself up to be a king and the Judeans are setting themselves up to be a kingdom which will one day threaten the kingdom of Persia. Zerubbabel understood that and he understood that Cyrus specifically only allowed the Jews to build their temple in the same way that other people in the Persian Empire, other nations, other cultures that were subjugated by Persia were allowed to continue their particular form of worship. So Zerubbabel and Yeshua did not allow them to participate. So this did not go over very well. So then the people of the land, the people that lived in the land, prior to the people from Judah had come, 
Mirapim, they would literally, that means soften the hands of the nation of Judah, meaning that they would do anything they could to stop the Judeans from building. And they scared them and frightened them and terrorized them in order to hold them back and stop them from building. Anything they could do to stop the building, they did. Among the things they did, verse 5, they hired and um, or even bribed Yoatzim uh, uh, ministers, advisors to the king in order to set set obstacles in the way of the builders and to stop them from fulfilling what they were trying to do, which was to build a temple. And this 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 harassment and this these attempts at stopping the building from progressing occurred Kol Koresh all of the days of the king Cyrus Malach Paras, the king of Persia. Viad Malchus Dayovish Malach Paras all the way until the kingdom of Darius, the king of Persia. Now, there's a lot of literature among the, um, among the uh, commentaries, among Chazal, among the rabbis, as to exactly what the chronology is and who's who and what's what. Fortunately now that we have full, clear access to uh, ancient contemporary records in addition to what we have here written in the book of Ezra, we have a much better idea of the succession of kings of the Persian kingdom. This empire was called the Achaemenid Achaemenid Empire um, of Persia and Cyrus was the uh, king who um, uh, at, at the time of the decree Cyrus had a son named Cambyses, and then after that, who ruled for several years. Then there was another successor to Cambyses, uh, uh, a usurper, uh, not exactly from the family for several months. And then King Darius, a descendant of Cyrus, then stepped upon the throne. So this period of time from which Koresh, Cyrus, allowed the Jews to come back, and the altar was rededicated, and the Heichal, the temple, was set up to be begun. In other words, materials were gathered, money was gathered, people were hired, but they ended up being harassed. That period of harassment took approximately 18 to 19 years throughout the remainder of Cyrus's reign, Kol Yimei Koresh. Vi'ad, the Pasuk says, until King Darius, which was about 18, 19, I don't know exactly, close to 20 years later, Darius, who went through several reigns of several kings until the days of Darius. If you remember, it was during the days of Darius, and we studied this in the book of Haggai, it was in the days of Darius, this is Darius I, because there was another Darius in this line of kings later on. It was in his days that the actual building began and started taking place in the second year of his reign, as we read together in the book of Haggai, and we'll come back to later. After Darius, we know from the history books was a king named Xerxes. That's X-E-R-X-E-S, Xerxes. Xerxes is generally identified by most scholars, although this is somewhat controversial, but I'm going to stick with this because it really fits with the psukim here. And that is the king who is famous from the book of Esther, known in Hebrew as Achashverosh. And that he will have a mention in the next verse. And during the kingdom of Achashverosh, which followed Darius, in the beginning of his um, kingdom, he wrote 
a bad decree, an evil decree, or sitna literally means an, like an accusation. Al Yoshve Yehuda on those that lived in Judah, Yerushalayim, and Jerusalem. Now exactly what this decree is is not described here, but it would make a lot of sense that Achashverosh, who was well known from the book of Esther for writing the decree of the destruction to kill the Jewish people, this could be this very sitna which is being referred to here, and it makes historical sense to say so, and the book of Esther would fit in here. This is one of the reasons why if Mordechai, who flourished during the time of Achashverosh, right, was flourishing during the time of Achashverosh in Shushan, would have had, it would be unlikely to have been the same Mordechai who came up with the original pioneers coming back to Jerusalem over 20 years prior. He would have been in Judea. So unless Mordechai came to Judea and then left back to Shushan, um, which I suppose is somewhat possible, but it makes it unlikely that it's the same Mordechai. But, and I mentioned that, if you recall, back in the first chapter of Ezra. So now we have this succession. We have the... Um, <clears throat> and now that the book of Ezra is laying out the succession of the kings of Persia and how they related to the building of the temple, we now get it. Koresh, Cyrus, was the king under whom the decree was made that the Jews can return. The Jews returned, they built the altar, and they got ready to build the Eichal. There was a lot of opposition, so all the way down through the next king and uh, Cambyses and the next one, I forget his name, and then all the way till the days of Darius, they were kept from actually building the Eichal. During the days of Darius, they began to build the Eichal, which we learned about in Haggai. But then... Darius passed away after the Beit HaMikdash was built during the days of Darius. But then Achashverosh came along and wrote the sitna, the bad decree against the Jews, which we know of as recorded in the book of Esther. Now remember, there's a lot of ways to understand this, this, um, this chronology, but this is the chronology that makes the most sense. And it also follows the explanation of the Das Mikra series, um, and I'm going with it because it fits extremely well with the known history from extra biblical sources. So Achashverosh wrote that. Now, remember, I made a mistake. I said Mordechai would have been, it would have been 20 years. It's actually more than that because of the years of Darius's reign. So in other words, Mordechai would have flourished in Shushan probably about 30 to 40 years after he had already come to, to the land of Israel 40 years prior, which it just doesn't, it doesn't add up, but who knows, maybe. And then the next verse talks about the king who followed Achashverosh. Uvime Artachshasta. And then in the days of Artachshasta, who almost certainly is Artaxerxes, who was the king who we know from history followed Xerxes. So Artachshasta would have been the one who succeeded Achashverosh. He, Kosav Bishlam, he wrote. Um, now, Bishlam could mean in peace, which is the way Rashi understands this word. It could also mean um, a person's name, Kasav Bishlam Mitridas. Or Mitridas, we know, is, is also the name of a person. So he wrote in peace, Mitridas, 
Tavel Ushar Konvosav Kinavosav, and and the um, the rest of their colleagues, right? The rest of those that were that were Kanim with him. Kanim means those that were in league with him. Al Artachshasta Melach Paras, they wrote a letter to the king of Persia, the Chosav Hanishtevon, and the letter was written. Kasub Aramis was written in Aramit, Umeturgam Aramic, and was Aramit and was translated into Aramaic. So it was written in Aramaic, and when it says Umeturgam translated, it means that's how it was spoken when it was read and interpreted to Artachshasta. So in the day of Artachshasta, these people, Bishlam, Mitridas, Tavel, and the other guys that hung out with them, wrote the following letter. So those are the days of Artaxerxes. So now we've fired ahead quite a bit. We talked about how they stopped the Jewish people from building the building during the days of Koresh, all the way till the days of Darius when it began being built. Then we wrote about how Ahasuerus, during his day, he stopped it and he, he, he made a, put a stop on it by writing bad things about the Jews. And then his successor, Artaxerxes, or Atarshasta, this following letter was written to Artachshasta. Now let's read what this following letter says. I'm saying this because what's going to happen later is this, we're going to bounce back in time. We just fired ahead in time, and at the end of this chapter, we're going to bounce back in time, back to the days of Darius. Okay? So now we are, since this letter was being written in Aramaic, we're going to read the letter in Aramaic. As follows, Rechum Be'el Te'em. Rechum is a person's name who is the master of the writing or the master that keeps keeps track of things. V'shimshai Sofra and Shimshai, who is the scribe, Kisavu Igrochadal Yushalayim. They wrote the following letter about regarding our Jerusalem, Liar Tachshasta Malka Kenema, to Artachshasta, the king. Kenema might be from the language of Kenim, meaning the language the the king, the truthful king, or the friendly king. Or Kenema could also mean like the following words. So as follows: Edayin Ruchum Be'el Te'im V'Shim Shai Safra Shear Kinovason. Then the Ruchum, who is the keeper of the records Vishimshai Sifra and Shimshai the scribe and all of those that were with him Dinoye Biafarsechoye Tarpiloye Afrusoye Arkivoye Bavloye Shushnachoye Dehoye Elmoye Now I know that uh, when they have the end of the words ye in Aramaic it's it's like the English S at the end. It makes it a plural. So, then, Rechom, the guy and the scribe, and all of the people with him, and then it starts listing the people that were with him that were involved in the, the writing of this letter that was being written from Jerusalem to King Artaxerxes. Dinoye means the judges. Afar Sichoye means the officials. Tarpala is, is those that... Um, are bosses or foremen? Afarsoye, Afarse is is um, is uh, uh, 
another word for uh, leaders, officers, or officials or something. And the rest then refers to people from certain places like Bavloye, the Babylonian ones, Shushan Choye, the ones from Shushan, um, and, uh, and which were Elamites. They were from Elam, from the place called Elam. Usharumaya and the other peoples, the other nations, the Hagli Osnapar Rabovi Akira. The other people that were that Osnapar, the great Osnapar, the great and wonderful Osnapar, exiled these other people, Vihosev Himo, Bikiryo di Shomroyan, and he settled them in the land of Shomron in the northern parts of Israel, Usharavar Nahara Uchanes. And also populated these people into the other places which are on the other side of the river. The other side of the river is the part of the Persian Empire that was past the Euphrates, which would include the modern, the, the land of Israel, Lebanon, Syria, that whole region, Ucha'enes, and now they live there. So I, I know this is confusing, but let me just review real quickly what we just said. What we just said was that all of these people that are living in the land, represented by the leaders that were named, wrote this. And how did these people get there? They got there because Osnapar so had brought them there. Osnapar was one of the um, officials in the Assyrian army who were following the dictates of the Assyrian kings who brought all of these people there. So these are, the, who were these people? These were all the enemies that um, were bothering the Jewish people the whole time. And they wrote this letter. And now the time when they wrote this letter was in the days of Artaxerxes, meaning that the temple has already been built in the days of Darius, right? There was Darius, Xerxes, Uzachashverus, and then Artaxerxes. And they write this letter to Artaxerxes because they still don't like the fact that the Jews have this temple here. The following is, he, now that we know who writes this letter and who was, they were representing and how those people got there, the following is the text of the letter. This is the letter that they sent to Artaxerxes. This is the text of it. Um, we are your servants the people that live in the region of across the river. <clears throat> we are letting the king know the Yehudaye, that these Jewish people, these Judeans, that left your land, they used to be on your side of the river. They have now come to Jerusalem, and they are building that capital city which is a rebellious city we know this place from way back it's a place of troublemaking but ishta this thing always built making trouble we're rebelling constantly rebelling and they are building up the city of jerusalem and they are building up the walls of jerusalem which clearly means the temple has already been built and they're building these walls it's which fits in very well with the timeline here we want to make sure that now you, the king, know that if this city becomes rebuilt as they are attempting to do now, and, and the walls are, are set up, they are going to um, 
uh, rebel against you and they are not going to give you any money. They're going to stop paying taxes because that's what their forefathers did. Remember, all of the times uh, that the Jews rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, when he was the king, it was when the kings of Jerusalem decided we're not paying tribute anymore. The same thing happened when they decided to stop paying tribute to the kings of Assyria. Now they're rebuilding Jerusalem and they're going to stop paying tribute to you, the king of Persia. The Apsom Malchim Tahanzik and in the end, the Apsom, and in the end, they are they they are going to harm the kingdom of Persia. How could you let them continue? They're going to harm the kingdom. So this is their the big the trying to influence our Tachshasta at a time Artaxerxes at a time when the building was already up, the temple was already up, and they're working on building up the city of Jerusalem. They're saying, "Whoa, they're building Jerusalem. They're going to build a capital." And remember what I said before. This is the when all the representatives of all these nations. Um, this is what Zerubbabel back then was so afraid of that people are going to say the Jews are trying to be rebellious, they're trying to set up their own kingdom. Verse 14, Now, all of us that eat from the salt of the palace, meaning all of those of us that are loyal to the king, and we all do not want to literally mean see the nakedness of the king, meaning we do not want to see the kingdom harmed, this is why we are sending this letter and letting you, our Tachshasta, Artaxerxes, know about this. Because the Yivakar B'Sefer Dachronaya, we want to go and make sure that you look into the, the memory books and look into the archives, the Avahosach, that your forefathers, Artaxerxes, have put aside, and search through the books of, of the archive, and you'll know, you'll see, everyone knows when you look in the history books that the city of Jerusalem is a rebellious city. They're constantly rebelling against the people that, that against the kings. And, and they're constantly uh, harming um, and, and rebelling against their leaders, against the empires that are supposed to be leading them. V'eshtador of din begava, and the, the, within this city, they're constantly um, devising uh, um, um, mutiny. Minyomas alma from the days gone by al and this is the reason why your your predecessors of the Babylonians destroyed this city. And why the Assyrians tried to destroy the city, because they were constantly being rebellious. We are therefore notifying the king, that, this, that if this city is going to be rebuilt, and its walls are going to be reestablished, you're going to lose this entire region across the river Euphrates, west of the river Euphrates, you're going to lose the whole region because these guys are going to take over the whole thing and make it all into their own kingdom. So the king, when he heard this letter uh, being read to him, 
He then sent the following message to Rechom Be'elteim Vishim Shai Safra. These are the ones that had written the letter Ushar, Kinavason, and all those that were hanging with them, all their friends, the Asvin Bishamrayan that were living in the region of Samaria, the northern region of Israel, Ushara Varnara Shalom and everyone that lived beyond the uh, Euphrates in that entire region, which would encompass modern day Syria, parts of Jordan, Lebanon, Israel, etc. Shalom Ucha'es. Um, Peace and greetings to you. This is the this is how the letter in back is being written. Nishtavana di alena, the letter that you had written to us. Mifarash keri kadamai, it has been read to me. It was translated to me. I've received it and I've heard it. and therefore I gave a command that they should search and check out the archives, like you said, and it was found. That it's true that this city has been a city that has rebelled in the past. I've seen it in the archives written that they rebelled against Babylon, they rebelled against Assyria, and so on. And it's true that they have been rebellious and they have mutinied and been seditious and they have constantly been devising ways to rebel. And once upon a time there were very strong kings that, that ruled over Jerusalem, clearly referring to the days of Solomon and David, who were the powerful kings that ruled in Jerusalem, and they actually ruled over that entire region of beyond the Euphrates. And it is true that not only did they rule over it, but they actually collected taxes from all of them, which we do know about the kingdom of Solomon for sure. So therefore, I want you to Simutim, I want you to take my word, my decree, and stop these men. Do not allow them to build the city until I allow them to rebuild it. And be careful. I want you to be really careful to do what I'm telling you. Because if you don't, there will then be a lot of problems, Lihanzo Kasmalchen, which will cause damage to the kingdom. Edayan, then, Mindi Parshegen Nishtivona Diar Malka, when it happened that the answer, the response of Artaxerxes of the king, Kari Kadom Ruchum Vishimshi Safra was then read in front of Ruchum and Shimshai. And there and those that were conspiring with them, Azalu Yerushalayim. Immediately they ran to Jerusalem, in in a in a in a hurry. Al Yehudaye and and encamped upon the Judeans. Uvatilu himo and they stopped the Jews by force. Now that they had the support of the Persian Empire to stop the building, so this is stopping the building of Jerusalem of the city of Jerusalem, Beidayan, and at that time, any work on God's temple in Jerusalem, which was built, but they were still enhancing it, extending it, uh, you know, finishing it, and it stopped until the second year of the kingdom of Darius of Persia. Now exactly how does um, this work that until um, 
So it, it would seem the only way to read this last verse 24 is to read that this is backing up. In other words, we shot forward with the story of what happens in the time of Ardach Shasta, which was the building of Jerusalem. But now we back up to the time of Darius. In other words, that's why it says Bedayan at that time. And I, I should, I'm sorry, I should have said this before I read verse 24, but this is really important. That time, at the time of Darius, years before, right? in other words, we shot forward to tell you what, what happened in the days. We started with the days of Darius. We talked about the days of Ahasuerus, Xerxes. We talked about what happened in the days of Artaxasta, Artaxerxes, where he stopped the building of Jerusalem. They die in. Now let's go back to the time when the... Um, the, in a similar time, when the enemies stopped the Jews from building the temple until the second year of the reign of Darius, when the, when the temple began its building. So, um, so this verse 24 is going back in time again. So in other words, we shot forward to the days of Artaxerxes, and now we're going back to the days of Darius the king. I know this is confusing. I'm going to take say really quickly again. Cyrus... Issues a decree for people to come back. In the sec- by the time the second year of Cyrus rolls around, the altar is up, the building is ready to be built, they're ready to roll. The people of the, of, of, uh, that live in start, start harassing them and start sending messages to the king and stop them. That goes on for 20 years through the rest of the reign of Cyrus, his successors, Cambyses, another successor there for a short time, and then Darius. Darius is now king. He re, he, now the people are allowed again to rebuild. By the second year of Darius, the rebuilding b- takes place. After Darius, the, the building of, of, of the Beit HaMikdash is up, right? And the people start to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Ahasuerus comes, otherwise known as Xerxes, and writes and stops the people from building, or at least slows them down. But as we know from the story of Esther, that um, decree is eventually gone. Um, then the people continue to build Jerusalem. Artaxerxes, that's Ahasuerus' successor, that's, or Artaxasta, he now becomes king, and then this letter is written to him where he then stops them from building Jerusalem. All of this shoots forward to tell us how these, this problem of enemies trying to stop the building is constant and kept on going and going and going, but now let's go back to the building of the, of the temple, which we're going to discuss again in the next chapter, which happened during the second year of the reign of Darius. Thank you so much for paying attention and studying chapter four. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to studying chapter five together.